the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you'll get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of the Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Mark Longoria. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is Mark Longoria, Director of Ministry Development here at AM630 KSLR. Hope you're enjoying your day, and uh, we are glad to be here in the studio with uh, Pastor Charles Flowers. He is a senior pastor over at uh, Faith Outreach Center International here in uh, San Antonio. Pastor, thank you so much for being here with us today. It's always a pleasure to be here. I wish I had your radio voice. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same thing about yours. <laughs> uh, you guys have been hearing uh, Pastor Flowers throughout the week. He's been giving us some great devotionals, and we wanted to spend some time uh, together here to uh, just talk a little bit about your background, Pastor, our whole idea here is really just to give people an opportunity to get to know you, get to know the church, get to know what God is doing there, give, you know, a little bit of vision mm-hmm. casting, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. So let's start out with you as a person. Uh, tell us about you. Give us some personal background. Well, uh, I was born and raised in the, in the backwoods of North Carolina. I love the woods, so I don't, I don't say that disparagingly. I spend a lot yeah. of time outside and, and uh, wandering around and enjoying the nature of God until all the way through my high school years, and I left uh, North Carolina, compliments of Uncle Sam, oh, yeah. as a member of the United States Air Force and uh, and served in the Air Force for 12 years. Uh, eight of those 12 years were right here in the city of San Antonio. Mm-hmm. The latter eight? The latter eight. Okay, right. very good. And prior to that? Uh, in Germany, uh, in Denver, Colorado first, which I still love. I still love the, the, the Colorado area. Yeah. Uh, it's mountains and snow and fresh uh, it sort of reminded me of North Carolina, but just as much on a much grander scale. Right. <laughs> and then, we, of course, we left uh, left uh, tech school in Denver and went on to Europe, where I met my wife. She was also an Air Force member at the time, and mm-hmm. uh, for, hailing from St. Louis, Missouri. All right. And uh, we were married over there, had our first child, Jarrell, my, who's now the youth pastor at the church where I'm the senior pastor. Yes, great guy. I believe guy. he's 30 years old already. <laughs> oh, my goodness. How does that make you feel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it makes me feel grateful that he's still serving the Lord. Amen. But it, does make, right. it does also make me know time is passing on. So, <laughs> <laughs> wow. So then uh, that assignment, uh, we came back to San Antonio by by means of a special a special duty assignment, mm-hmm. uh, and I ended my career teaching uh, in professional military education, uh, comm skills, leadership management, mission and organization, Air Force history, those kind of things. And I thoroughly enjoyed my career. I would be in there now mm-hmm. uh, unless the Lord had called me out. And he did call me out to serve first on staff with uh, my father in ministry, Pastor Bud Gardner at Faith Outreach Center. Yeah. And then in March of 2001, um, the the emphasis on his ministry shifted uh, uh, more from pastorally to apostolically. Mm-hmm. And he placed the pastoral mantle on me for that uh, for that ministry. And for the last 10 years, we've been serving there. Wow. And so was it uh, just at the latter end of your military career that, that you made the shift, or did you know ahead of time when you were a child that you eventually you Well, be I met the Lord when I was 12 years old. It wasn't a religious experience for me. I met him at mm-hmm. 12. And, uh, and shortly after that, about in my 14th year, I had a supernatural encounter with God. And uh, he let me know then that certain things were going to be unfolding in my life. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so I didn't, uh, I didn't know who to tell, but I, so I went and told my mom and dad, and they— uh, they acknowledged it, and 
and raised me. Well, you, you can't just tease us like that. You got to tell us a little bit about the supernatural experience. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just say, "Oh, by the way," and just move on. Well, what happened? It was uh, I was actually in the woods again, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> uh, just walking through the woods, and I had uh, my my natural senses suspended, and uh, and I had an encounter with God, hmm. and He spoke some things into my heart at age fourteen. Wow. Makes me tear up to think about it. Yeah. Um, and so I carried that report back to my mom and dad, told them what had happened. And they were people of prayer, so things like that weren't, wasn't uncommon to them. You know, I think sometimes, Mark, uh, we don't we don't rightly recognize the value of being raised up in godly families. Yeah. Uh, because when my mother and father heard about what had happened to me, they didn't try to, you know, turn me into the most, uh, the, the newest teen preacher. Mm-hmm. They just raised me as a son and taught me character and and things to uh, how to behave myself and, yeah. and walk up right before God uh, and, and, and then give God an opportunity at his time to unfold what he has said to me in my life. Hmm. And so that's the way I did it. I didn't, I didn't tell anybody else about yeah. it and uh, no one else, my brothers or sisters or no one, just, to, just my, the Lord and my parents. Hmm. And so as we went into the military, God began to unfold some things. I started be- becoming a part of a Bible study that we had at a gospel fellowship overseas and the anointing of God, the gift of God will make room for you. Yeah. And so it began to do that. And, uh, and they asked me to, into leadership. I was eventually leading a gospel choir that we sang all over Europe. Mm. Uh, I, I grew up singing with my brothers in the quintet uh, all over North Carolina with gospel quartets. And you and sing quintet, very so good, I, by the way. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> well, they, uh, well, they are part of that. They're part of that, that environment. Yeah. And uh, and in singing in Europe and leading uh, the the services there, uh, came here to the United States, back to the United States, and God just continued that work. And Brother Bud, uh, my spiritual father, saw the anointing in me, uh, sent me to school, and I uh, finished my education with a bachelor's degree in biblical studies. Mm. And uh, and he asked me to get out of the military and and help him at the church. Wow. And so I did. And it, it was in 2001 that he actually shifted the mantle of responsibility to me. You know, we're we're living in a military town, and so there's no doubt that there are plenty of military people listening to this program right now. And I, I want you, I want to ask you something that um, might kind of your your answer might kind of resonate with uh, some of the folks that are listening that are military. Tell us about the balance, because I know being being a veteran myself, what it's like to be in the military, and it's really to me the way, at least in my experience, it was really really difficult to stay with your Christian values, with those principles, those biblical principles. And when you're single, you belong to the government in a sense, and you're out with your friends. It's really hard to walk that straight and narrow. Uh, where did you find your strength to continue down that path? Uh, bad company corrupts good morals, First uh, Corinthians 15.33. Um, yes. Uh, if you're going to find the kind of environment that you want to hang with, and it's not the, the, the environment that tends, tends to lend itself in the direction of godliness. Maybe not as numerous as ungodly environments are, but you can find them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, when I went to tech school in Denver, um, all of my friends went to the NCO club and went downtown in Denver mm-hmm. to party and all that. Uh, but there was a cook uh, who uh, in the child hall who was a preacher, mm-hmm. and he had Bible studies in the basement of his home. Wow. And, and church in the basement of his home on Sundays. So no matter where you are, if you want to find the environment to foster your spiritual growth, you'll mm-hmm. find it. And God will make sure that it finds you. Uh, but if, you know, if you're not decisive about it, if you're not determined, then these other things can come along and distract you and you know, pull you away. In so fact, really they did me for as, a season. When, yeah. I, when I went overseas, I'm, I'm 8,000 miles away from any root yeah, exactly. of Christianity that's ever been in my life. 
And so I decided, you know, that I'm going to do the club thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I went to a club. Um, to this day, it, it, it amazes me that people go to clubs mm. in one sense, because I was there in the club with the presence of God in my life. And I saw the people dancing and because it was a mirrored one wall was mirrored, you know. Mm-hmm. And so we were all dancing on dancing on the dance floor. And I looked over in the mirror at the people and suddenly everything just kind of slowed down. And I came to understand that though everybody in there is searching for something, mm. they're searching for what I already have. They thought they had found happiness. Yes, but they were searching for inner peace. They were searching for a connection with God. Yeah. They were searching for a reality, a meaning of life. I had already come to know those things. That was my first and last time in the club. Wow! Because I just saw I didn't need it. Mm-hmm. I had what they were what they were searching for. And I want to say to those particularly serving in the military. I love those men and women who sacrifice themselves yes. literally, as you know, put, yes. put their name on the, on the dotted line to mm-hmm. give up their lives to preserve the freedoms that we enjoy. Yeah. And I want to say to them, uh, first of all, a, a, a tremendous thank you for being willing to do that. And then secondly, to encourage them, no matter who you are or where you are, find the environment yes. that is equal to your, your call and your anointing and your blessing, the blessing on your life to walk with God. And you will, without question, you will find it everywhere, everywhere you look. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Charles Flowers. You're a pastor of Faith Outreach Center International here in San Antonio. Uh, pastor, tell us a little bit about the, about the church. Let's transition into the church. Um, you are, have been there already, you said, for about a decade. Right. Right, pastoring right. it. Mm-hmm. And uh, tell us what has happened over this past decade that um, you've been there as a senior pastor of the church. A decade. Wow. You, you, <laughs> okay, maybe, maybe, maybe I should oh, yeah. <laughs> The past 10 years, how's that? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> but, it, you know, it's been – I taught leadership and management uh, in, 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 the, in the military. So uh, uh, leadership has always been a, a, a – I have a soft spot of passion for it in my heart. Mm-hmm. And, it, but leading in the church is not like leading in the military. There's, there's a whole different set of rules. Some principles that are common, obviously, yeah. but but a whole different set of the manner in which it is approached, mm-hmm. and so uh, been lear- I've been learning that over the last ten years. It's been a marvelous ride. The people that I work with, uh, ex- they they stretch me, they grow me, and I'm sure I do stretch and grow them also. Mm-hmm. Uh, the church is like a microcosm of the city. I- I'm African American, but that's the smallest percentage of the population of the church, just like it is here in the city. About mm-hmm. and about the same percentage, about eleven eleven. Uh, to twelve percent, I think we've swelled a little bit since uh, the hurricanes in the right. Gulf. Uh, but then it's predominantly Hispanic, and then secondarily uh, Caucasian, mm-hmm. thirdly African American, and then the fourth population is the uh, the Asian population. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's the way I love it. I love I love that mixture of culture the and melting pot. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I, I wouldn't want I wouldn't want it any other way. Yes. I wouldn't want it dominant. Yes. In any you know cultural sense. Right. Uh, because I think it kind of prepares us for the kingdom of God. That's yeah, what's, what's absolutely. That. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's that's wonderful. Tell us about the different ministries that are going on there. At uh, I know you guys are full. Your calendar's full of all kinds of different things. Uh, yeah. But you've got something set up for all the different age groups. Yeah, yeah. We, we serve you know serve the population uh, from from uh, babies all the way up through adults in terms of ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we do that with children through children's ministry and. Um, and then our youth, the forerunner youth ministry right now is uh, is called forerunners because they they understand that their role is to prepare for the coming of the Lord, mm-hmm. and then to to do that with a life of abandonment as did John the Baptist. Then we have a college and career age group called the W Dogs Warrior Disciples of God, and I met with them last night. They're uh, 
a, a group of vibrant college age and young married who uh, their desire is to live with abandonment to fulfill God's purposes. We meet every Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, in the in the church services, we service the general population of the church. But we have we have very c- clear goals: win, train, connect, sin. That's our whole the reason mm-hmm. for our whole existence. Yes. Anybody in faith outreach and that vision is on the thing every day, on the, every Sunday. They could tell you the, why do we exist as a church? We, we exist to win the loss, to yes. train people in in the disciplines of their faith to connect them together with other believers so that gifting can be used Mm -hmm. then send them into the field of harvest Mm -hmm. and and we're going to continue to do that locally and translocally until jesus comes so let's say you go through step number one you win somebody you get somebody that's lost and you win them over into the kingdom of heaven you invite them over to church to start their discipleship what can they expect when they walk in the doors of faith outreach center international uh this, experience. this is the statement that we get repetitively uh, mm-hmm. from those who, who, who frequent us. And they're finding us on on the Internet and every other place. I ask them just out of curiosity, where, how do they locate our church? And invariably they say, this is different. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> yes. And they say it with a good tone in their yeah. voice, not like it's a. Not like a. This is different. Yeah, not, yeah. Not like that, but 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 this is different. They don't expect that. I guess because I'm African American, they expect maybe an African American culture. Yeah. In the church, or or they see Hispanics that that are the major population, so they expect a Hispanic culture, but they don't find any mm-hmm. of that. So I love the fact that they can't pigeonhole us. Yeah. They they have to come and. And taste it, yeah, and, and and experience it for themselves. You know, you know what I hear when I hear that type of response from people. To me, I hear it's different because the spirit of God is here. I think there there are too many too many people that um, they're either displaced or they're new in the they're new in the city, whatever, and they're kind of quote shopping. They're looking mm-hmm. around to find their right place and. Uh, I've heard I've heard it over and over again where people just they, you go to one church it just seems it seems like a they're stuck in a rut it seems like mm-hmm. kind of religious t- type of things that they go through, but when you find a place where the spirit of God is alive and well and people are worshiping with full abandonment and you know the word is rich it it is different yeah it's the scripture says it like this in the book of John uh, uh, the, it likens us unto the wind it says that the spirit of God is like the wind it blows where it comes from you don't know where it, where it's going you don't mm. know. There's a, a several, certain uh, aspect of unpredictability about the Holy Spirit. And church, by and large, has become so predictable. Yeah, They know exactly what's going to happen when they come in. They know exactly how long they're going to stay. They know exactly how long they're going to leave. Mm-hmm. And so I think when they come in, they can't really peg us that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah. Uh, quite honestly, I don't know what's going to happen yeah. next. You know, we <laughs> we 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 have an we do plan, we do plan sure. a service to follow a certain, but but we leave flexibility in that planning for the Holy Spirit to do what He desires Amen. to do. Yeah, that's very important, vital. Um, I want to um, ask you a little bit about your involvement. I know you're very very involved with the city, uh, and there are a lot of pastors that uh you know we just get so busy with our our church our congregation mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. so many different things you got to get done but uh, before we talk about your involvement tell us a little bit about why it's important to look beyond our congregation and our own walls and our own group of people that we're discipling why yeah, is it yeah. important to get yeah. out there and connect it's extremely important because the letters of the new testament the epistles of the new testament were not written to a a local church right 
they were written to a city. Yes. And uh, and the city then, the city church was then expected to both receive mm. and incorporate, soak in that word and walk after it. Yeah. So that there was a commonality of walk in a city church setting. If I'm not if I'm not aware of that, if I'm not aware of that simple fact that those letters that were written for our edification and instruction were written to a city church, I can think that they're all written for my church, my local assembly, which is not mine. Yeah. Uh, the, the, Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. That's right. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So uh, we, we have the responsibility to steward well the local assemblies over which the Lord has made us to oversee, according to the book of Acts chapter 20, but then be able to see beyond that into the the, the city church mm-hmm. and to be able to know that we are a part of the body of Christ that's in the city, not the whole of what God is doing in the city. And we should do what we do well yeah. so that we add something of profit and of benefit to the table as far as the city church is concerned. Yeah, I think it's part of a discipline, just like you were talking about, you know, the uh, young men and women that are in the military that need to find you right. know, those right people. I think it's a matter of discipline as well for us pastors to be able to say, you know what, I need to. It's a must. It's a, yes. I've got to get out there and yes. find other other people and know those that are working you know, uh, amongst us. A dear friend, Randy Garcia, pastors Fortress Church, a yes. great church here in the city. He was the first one I heard say this, but it, 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 it just stays with me and stayed with me for a long time. He says, although I pastor Fortress Church, I co-pastor the city. Amen. And I think it's if, if we, as those who are leading local assemblies, understand that we should do what we do well and lead our people in the, in the, in the uh, pathway of the vision that God has given us. But we are co-pastoring a city of 1.7 million people in the metroplex. Mm-hmm. And when that's the case, then whatever happens across the city or whatever happens in another uh, local body mm-hmm. has direct impact on me mm-hmm. and has a direct impact on the kingdom of God. So if I can get to them, if I can help them, if I can encourage them, if I can strengthen them, which is what we seek to do in gathering in other places, uh, the city will be blessed by it and the kingdom of God will be far advanced. If you're just tuning in, this is uh, Mark Longoria, Director of Ministry Development here at AM630 KSLR, and you're listening to our Church of the Week as we feature Pastor Charles Flowers from Faith Outreach Center International here in San Antonio. Uh, Pastor Flowers, um, now let's talk a little bit about some of your personal involvement with the city because I know you are a, you are a key leader in the, in the Church of San Antonio. You get involved in all kinds of different things, then um, sometimes – People kind of cringe and say, oh, I don't think I, I would get involved in that because you're actually taking a stand. You'd go and pray in the, the steps of City Hall. You go and talk about abortion issues. You go and talk about the gay rights movement that is out there. I mean, you're out there and uh, media looks for you and people uh, respect you. Uh, why? Why do that? Uh, if someone is thinking, you know, you know I, I'm OK right here behind my desk and I'll just take care of my little group. I, I don't want to get involved in those types of issues and create waves. Why do you? Uh, I'm not trying to. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm actually not seeking any of that out. I think so in part that it has to do with the sphere of influence that God has placed on, on my life. Yeah. And and if that is my lot, then woe is me if I don't fulfill that mm. which God has called me to do. So in that sense, we're out there simply because we're called. I'm called to be uh, to be in the midst of those things. And those issues are of extreme uh, importance to me. I'm I'm impassioned about the survival of children in the womb. I love children. I love young people. This, this has been a part of who I am. That's how I'm made. Uh, so I can't refuse it because that's that's uh, who God has called me to be. On the other hand, um, 
Gerald Ripley at the last thing we just did, which was down right in San Fernando Plaza, talking about this issue of uh, the Obama administration trying to infringe on the First Amendment right now of of, of religious organizations. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting to me that such an important thing, fundamental to our freedoms as Americans, that the media chose not to cover the event. Mm-hmm. And it says to me that they're most most of them are bought, unlike yeah. KSLR and some of these other. Uh, outlets that we have to get a voice out. Uh, it's time for us to wake up because if we don't do something, suddenly the state will, is going to outgrow every other sphere, labor, yes. community, uh, the church, the the family, mm-hmm. the personal relationship with God. It will consume all of them. Uh, so we must speak up because there is a law of use that is articulated in Luke chapter 18 uh, and in Matthew where Jesus said, uh, it's the law of persistence in Luke 18. The law of uses in Matthew 25 where he says he's given talents, 10, 5, and 1. And the one took and, and buried his talent. Yeah. And when the Lord came to give reckoning, he said, take from him what he has and give it to someone else. Because mm-hmm. he didn't use it. If you don't use it, you lose it. Mm-hmm. And if we don't use the freedoms God has given us, we lose those freedoms. Yeah. And we become a nation so many like so many shells of nations that have walked away from God and now, and now regret that they have. But we're not in that stage yet. And pr- I pray, God, that God would turn the heart of America back to him and, and bring us revival again mm-hmm. on our shores. But it's, it's because that we stand up and are ready to defend the rights that so many have fought and died for. I mean, yes. y- y- you and I are beneficiaries of, of blood mm-hmm. that has been shed. It's, it's dishonoring to that blood and especially to the blood of Christ, who is the captain of all freedom. Mm-hmm to let our freedoms be sapped away because somebody is pushing a pen behind a desk and manipulating the media. Yeah. Some of these issues are discussed more in detail uh, once a month as we gather the gathering of pastors and leaders, which you happen to be the president of. So tell us a little bit about that, uh, uh, what goes on there. One of my passions in the city is for leadership, is for spiritual leadership. Mm -hmm. And, uh, And we have an opportunity to encourage them once a month at Destiny Church, pastored by Dave Bell, a dear friend and a, and a stalwart, uh, pastor in this city mm-hmm. host that meeting every month yeah. uh, to give us an opportunity to come together and to speak about uh, we want to, the pastors to leave encouraged we want to leave informed and we want to leave them having been prayed over and in, uh, and, and prophesied to uh, perhaps what and, and, then, and then we spend a time at worship together we're hemorrhaging about 1500 pastors a month mm-hmm. now granted some of them probably should have never become pastors to begin with right. but among that 1500 hundred a month hemorrhage are some dynamic men and women of God who just needed a word of encouragement. Yes. They just needed some vision. They just needed some unity to stay in the fight. Right. And so this is what we're we're seeking to do with the gathering. And so that's uh, the meetings every third Wednesday of the month, every, every third Wednesday of every month uh, over at destiny church off of Callahan road. Right. Uh, right. Where can they call for more information on that in case there's uh, pastors that are listening might want to? Yes, they can call uh, 210-734-7423. Okay, very good. As uh, as we begin to uh, wind down a little bit, I want to ask you, what? how do you want people to remember you, Pastor Charles, when mm. um, when the Lord calls you home? And uh, I mean, because you've been so thoroughly involved, not only with your congregation, but with the city, with so many different organizations. You're involved with so many different denominations because uh, you see kingdom, you see the body of Christ as a whole. Yeah. Um, what's what's the greatest thing? What, what do you want people to say about Pastor Charles Flowers? 
Well, I hope I live so long that nobody listening right now. <laughs> we'll be able to remember what I'm saying. <laughs> but but when it's all said and done, I really do want to be remembered as the man that loved his wife hmm. and raised his children and inspired his children to live out their destiny and a, and a man that uh, was able to fulfill the role that God has given him in the city. Mm-hmm. That's the way I want to be remembered. Very good. Give us some um, give us some words of inspiration to somebody out there that uh, that is looking into getting into the ministry or maybe just started out, but they're in that hard time and maybe maybe they're ready to throw in the towel. They're not they're not exactly sure if they want to continue mm-hmm. doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you've been at this already for a while. You're you're a commander in in the army of the Lord. And how what do you what words of wisdom do you have for a new recruit that's just signed up and said, okay, I'm going to be a part of this? But it's they're finding it to be a tough time. Uh, first of all, it, it may sound a little rough, uh, but people get their calling from a lot of different places. Uh, some get their calling because they've seen the glamour side of ministry with someone else. They see the pulpit and they see the influence and they mm-hmm. see uh, the perks that comes comes with that. And that's all they see. Right. And they call themselves mm-hmm. into ministry. Uh, some are called by others into ministry because their mother or their dad or their Mm-hmm. Uh, some significant mentor in their life has said, this is what you should do. Right. But I want to just say to the people that, that no legitimate call of God comes through those other veins before it comes to your own heart. Mm. That they have to know that they know that they know they have been called to this. Yes. Because as you know, Mark, it is it's not the glamour that everybody thinks that it is when you have to hear of people's situations day after day, after day, after day, it reminds me of Jethro's words to Moses, you know, when they were all lining up for him Mm -hmm. and, uh, and Jethro said to him, the thing that thou doest is not good. Mm. You're going to wear yourself away and you're going to wear the people away. Well, then there was a leadership structure set up to bear some of that burden, but it's some of the burden you still have your part of that burden to hear and, and situations that people oftentimes get themselves to, or someone else gets them into it will break your heart. Mm -hmm. And if you're not a person who was called to it, your heart can't take it. So first of all, make sure that you're called of God. And if you are called of God, remember that you are called of God Mm. and he is able, he has, he that has done a good work in you is able to to uh, complete that work. Yes, so you rely on the Lord for the completion of it. Get training, get education, get connected with people who are doing a good job at being pastors and learn from them and grow with them mm-hmm. and then fulfill the destiny and the call of God upon your life. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Um, you, uh, for those of you that are listening in, um, you have been listening to Pastor Charles Flowers, and uh, we're going to give you an opportunity to give you give the information about uh, where they can find you, um, Pastor. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, where your church is located, your service times, and all that other contact info? Uh, I have a dear friend, many dear friends in ministry in the city. One of them is Pastor Rick Godwin at the uh, at the summit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been an inspiration to me uh, over the years, and I invited him out. In fact, it was at a gathering meeting, and I asked him to come over. <laughs> to the church and he got <laughs> in in normal Rick Goblin fashion because our church is nestled up in the neighborhood. Yeah. He said, my GPS couldn't even find you up in here. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're, we're located in answer to your question. Yeah. Uh, inside of loop 410 on Babcock road, about one mile. Yeah. 
uh, when you go about the, it's, it's almost exactly one mile. You're going to run into a T intersection with Sunshine Ranch Road. Yeah. Turn right because that's the only way you can turn. Go up to the end of the street, and we're a seven-building complex right up in the middle of a neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And our service times are on Wednesday night at 7, and that's actually our training time. Uh, where, where there's a Bible study, in-depth Bible study going on on Wednesday nights. And then Sunday mornings at 9.30. Our prayer service starts at 8.45. We encourage people to be there for prayer time because prayer is the engine that makes the things happen. So at 8.45, the prayer service begins, and then at 9.30, the service begins. All right. Well, there you go. You guys are invited on behalf of AM630 KSLR, as well as uh, Pastor Charles. You're invited to go out there, um, get to meet him in person, shake his hand, and uh, and just chat with him a little bit. I'm sure he'd be glad to see you there. Pastor, thank you so much for being here with us. We thank appreciate you. the time. Thank you. God bless. Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM630 KSLR Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you've got a chance to get to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you would like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at kslr.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.